How many of you have had a day like that this week? A little levity in the midst of uh, our, our sermon series, uh, Hope in Hard Times. And, and really, I want to use that video uh, as a, a springboard uh, to turn our attention to praising God in the pain this morning. Uh, let me ask you something. How well are you or how well do you praise God in the pain? When, when things don't go your way, when challenges uh, and difficulties uh, are happening in your life, how, how well do you still give God the glory in the midst of that? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning as we uh, pick up in our Hard Times series where we left off uh, last week. Uh, I know some of you were expecting this morning's message to be on marriage and the husband and wife's passage uh, here, um, but uh, we're, we're hydroplaning over that today. You guys have covered that in your small groups, and so we're going to jump right into uh, the, the next passage in chapter 3 of First Peter. First Peter chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me now, if you would. Beginning in verse 8, Peter says this. He says, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right... You are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Don't miss that. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. I want us to anchor this morning on verse 15 uh, in, in this letter from Peter and talk about the power of praising God in the midst of our own pain. Now remember the context here. We've been walking through uh, the book of First Peter, this letter that he wrote uh, to those uh, exiles in the first century, those uh, folks who were persecuted. Peter wrote this letter to encourage them, uh, Christians who had been driven from their homes and scattered abroad uh, at the beginning of Nero's persecution, simply because of their faith uh, in Jesus Christ. So he's writing to people in pain here. 
Don't forget that. And he says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. That verse is is often isolated and it's often used uh, in in evangelism training and rightly so to encourage uh, us as believers to be prepared to share our faith with others and that's a good thing but in the context here in Peter's letter Peter's challenge is far more than just an encouragement for us to share our faith. The challenge here is to be prepared to praise God even in the pain. Because there is no more powerful witness in the world than a believer who authentically praises God in the midst of pain and suffering. The names of the martyrs are remembered and they're passed down through the ages for that very reason. They continued to shine in their suffering. They didn't wait for the storm to pass and they learned to dance in the rain. Let me ask you something today. How do you respond when things don't go your way? Do you shine? Or do you whine? Man, we are such a soft society today. I see people go ballistic uh, when they get served cold french fries. Or when the person in the drive-thru forgets to put a straw in the bag. for their. Now, that is annoying. But, <laughs> but just responding over the top to just little, little distractions that come our way. How do you respond? When you don't get what you want, how do you respond when things don't go your way, when life doesn't turn out exactly the way you hoped it would, when pain enters the picture, when disappointment descends? Do you have a tendency to shine, still praise God, or do you have a tendency to whine? What is that exactly? We're going to preach through it. We're not going to whine. Peter says, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Okay, when he says that, when he says, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have in Christ, that implies what? A question. That someone is going to ask you a question. Are you responding to difficulty and disappointment in your life in such a way that it prompts people to ask you how you do it? That's what Peter's talking about here. To these dispersed, these persecuted followers of Jesus Christ who've been run out of their homes and scattered through Asia Minor. He said, man, when you get where you're going and when, you, when, when, when you're living in the midst of this difficulty and you've been uprooted, live in such a way that people are going to ask you, how in the world do you keep it together? You had to leave everything you had behind. 
And yet you still shine. And the kind of faith that Peter is asking us to share doesn't require us to knock on doors or stand on street corners. No, Peter says the questions will come if you're willing to praise God in the pain, if you're willing to shine instead of whine. Why is that? Because it's so rare to see, especially in our culture today. You know, as I was thinking about that this week, uh, nobody did that better than my friend Buck McMillan. Many of you know Buck. Jackie's here this morning, Buck's wife. Buck was one of four uh, of our founding elders uh, here at Tapestry. He was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, given just a short period of time uh, to live. Uh, Buck lived for years beyond that initial period of time, and God had a plan and a purpose for those years uh, in Buck's life. He was in constant pain, constant discomfort on every level. He could have just curled up in a ball and said, why me, God? Sometimes I wondered why he didn't. But instead, he chose to praise God in the pain. And countless people in that those years that Buck had, the last years on this earth, countless people came to him with the question, man, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you stay positive? No more positive person on the face of the earth. Even in the midst of all the suffering that he experienced. How do you keep the faith? How do you lock into hope and joy in the midst of all this pain? And Buck would just say, man, because I know this is not all there is. I know, as Peter said, that, that I'm just a stranger and an alien in this land. I'm just passing through this place. And Jesus has forgiven me. And he's made a home for me in heaven. And I'm just so thankful for that. And Buck had an eternal perspective. That was. Staggering. And it drew questions out of people. People would ask him. Man how in the world. Can you still have this kind of attitude in the midst of this kind of suffering? And that's exactly what Peter is talking about here. And Buck would give God the glory and praise his name, even in the midst of pain, to the very end. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. That's what it looks like to shine in our suffering. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 5. He said, therefore, since we have been justified, since we've been declared not guilty before God because of what Christ has done, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, 
and character hope. There's a progression here. And the reality is the highway to hope travels through pain. Always with praise and perseverance. What are you going through right now? That instead of blaming God, you can begin to praise Him. It's a difficult pivot. But one that ultimately, as Paul said, leads us to the place of hope. People are drawn to real hope. Not false hope. Not pretense. But people are drawn to real hope. And that's Peter's point. Live in such a way that people ask you, how do you do it, man? I know what's going on in your life. I know the loss you've just experienced. But how do you do it? How do you keep your eyes fixed on Christ and maintain the hope that only He can give? And then Peter says, and be prepared to give God props in that pain. The greatest persecution the church has ever seen was in the first 300 years of its existence. And it really began to ramp up as Peter wrote this letter in 60 or 70 A.D. Yet during that period of time, the church grew exponentially like it has never grown before for that very reason. It was under so much pressure and persecution. And the world around it saw how these followers of Christ responded under that pressure. And they were drawn to real hope. Jesus Christ is the only real hope this world will ever know. And when we keep our eyes focused on Him and when we're willing to shine in our suffering, man, people see that. They take notice and they come and they say, I want some of that. How do I get that? And that's what Peter's saying. You don't have to stand on street corners. You don't have to knock on doors. Man, just live your life faithfully. In the good times and in the bad times. And shine in your suffering. And God will bring people to you who want to know how you do it. Tertullian was a second century theologian. He was one of the church fathers. And he wrote this. He said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. In other words, the more they kill us the more we grow because people are drawn to real hope. The more we're pressed, the more we praise. The more people are drawn to a living hope. And within the heart of every human being, there is a God-shaped void. There's a void that only God Himself can fill. Scripture says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. And that our hearts will not rest until they rest in Him. The world's hungry for hope. And the hope we have in Christ is revealed most clearly when we continue to praise Him in the pain.
Where are you having trouble doing that today? Where are you disappointed? Where are you disillusioned? Where are you hurting emotionally, relationally, physically? Man, as much as it goes against every fiber of your flesh. Our default setting is to complain. Our default setting is to whine. Our default setting is to ask God how we ended up in this place. But as much as it goes against every fiber of your flesh, let me challenge you to do something. In that one place that you've identified this morning, for the next seven days, set aside five minutes each day just to praise God in the midst of that pain. Write it down. Start a journal. And praise Him for who He is. For what He's given you in Christ. For the forgiveness you, you find in Him. For the fact that you're adopted as His child. That eternity awaits you in His presence. Take five minutes for the next seven days. To praise Him in your pain. And watch what God will do in the midst of that. Peter puts it this way in chapter 5. He says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. I read a story this week that speaks to that. 39 years ago, a 23-year-old Vietnam veteran by the name of Craig Cooley, in a case of mistaken identity, was wrongfully arrested. He was in California, and he was charged with two murders, a mother and a young daughter. He was an innocent man. In jail for life without the possibility of parole. I mean, you talk about life not going the way you planned. A cold case detective stumbled onto Coley's file in 1989. And with the advent of DNA testing, one thing led to another. And Cooley was set free in 2017. And he was awarded $21 million by the state of California for spending 39 years in prison as an innocent man. So the question is, how did he make it through those 39 years of wrongful imprisonment? In a recent interview, Coley says that shortly after he entered prison, he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And as he grew in his faith, he later started a Bible study in prison. He would go on in that 39-year span to earn degrees in theology and biblical counseling. He would impact countless men for Christ during his incarceration. He made the decision to shine in his suffering. And God used him in profound ways and is still using him today. He made the decision to make an eternal difference while he was in a very difficult situation, this side of heaven. Cooley said after his release, 
He said, my way of looking at things changed, speaking of when he surrendered his life to Christ. He said, I came to believe that whatever, whatever happened was what God had in store for me and that everything I get is a blessing. My gracious. How does that happen? How do you get to that place in your faith when life turns out that way? For you. I think Peter tells us. As he he begins verse 15. He says. But in your hearts. Set apart. Christ. As Lord. Like Craig Cooley. When we surrender our lives fully. To the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When we submit to his Authority. We can praise Him in the pain and believe that all things really do work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you and me to God. Where do you need to let Jesus change your perspective this morning? Where do you need to, like Craig Cooley, let him be the Lord, not just of your life, but of that place where you're experiencing pain, that thing in your life that just has not turned out the way that you had hoped it would? He is Lord, and nothing catches him by surprise. Surrender it to Him. Take time this week to praise Him in the pain. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the reality of the hope we have in Christ, the only hope that this world will ever know. We thank thank You for the privilege of being Your children Lord, the privilege of being able to shine the light of Christ, even in the midst of our own suffering, in the midst of our own pain. And I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, through the power of your Spirit, change our perspective. That, Lord, we would know and we would understand that we're just passing through this world. That this world is not our home. This world is not our ultimate destination. Father, but you have an eternity planned for us that, Lord, uh, makes the pain that we experience here, uh, Lord, just a drop in the bucket. But pain is real. It is real. And, Lord, I pray in the midst of it we would surrender our lives to Christ as Lord. And that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, you would give us what we need to be the witnesses you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.